Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is the podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. Today we're up to episode number 94. I'm calling it The Role of Training in Organizations. In this episode, I'll be interviewing a special guest, Isaac Tolpin, who's a serial entrepreneur and the CEO at ConveyEuro.com, which is a micro-learning platform. We will cover several topics related to the role of training in organizations. Isaac is a knowledgeable observer in the sector and provides an interesting perspective on a number of training issues. So let's get started with the interview. I'm joined now by Isaac Tolpin. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the role of training in organizations. How would you describe the purpose of training in your typical organization? I think it's to move people forward and, and give them a sense of security. They know what to do. I mean, I think training uh, is much broader than that. But I think if you have great training, people feel secure in their jobs. They're able to make progress and you're retaining them. And I think it has a lot to do and, and fuels your culture and overall employee engagement. Yeah. We talk a lot about uh, management history and how we got here in this podcast. And take us back a little bit uh, to the early days of training. Uh, I know uh, in World War II, for instance, uh, training was a big thing because um, they had to, you know, a lot of the guys were off to the war and women were coming into the factories uh, and they had to be quickly trained and so on. How would you reflect on the history of, of all of this, how we got here? Well, I think ever, ever since we've been, you know, trained by our parents, trainings exist, right? So, so from the beginning of time, and I think you're right, I think there's been an uh, evolving process over time of training, but today we have technology. I mean, and so it's, yeah, I really believe um, the, the, the sweet spot is the right mix of live training, in-person training with reinforcement, automated training, and in the right use cases, you know, having actual just automation uh, exist where, you know, we don't want to repeat the same facts over and over again, and we need to make sure people are trained. And for compliance reasons, we need to make sure we have proof of that. So I think today, you know, I think before technology advances, it was, you know, all classroom training and so forth. And I think there's a limit there. You know, there's a limiting factor to just live training because, frankly, very few people actually implement what the real life and very few people uh, create big behavior change if that's all you have. And so a lot of times your companies are faced with they're hiring trainers to come in, speakers and so forth. Well, let me ask you, how many people actually change their behavior you know, two days later because they listen to a speech. And the truth is, and even the top speakers will admit this, is that really not a lot. It takes more than that to get it done. Yeah. Well, it seems that um, many employers are looking for people that have already been trained in a way. Um, so they're spending a lot of time sorting through candidates and everything. Um, should they be spending that time a little bit more wisely in terms of uh, actually training the people they have? Well, I absolutely think you should uh, invest in the people you have. If you already have them, that those are your most important people, right? So the, the, a company is really, for the most part, a summation of the quality of the people, so it's the quality of your company. And, and so you definitely want to work on that. Um, but at the same time, I think... You know, even when you get trained people, training is part of, um, 
it is really rocket fuel to a learning culture because no matter how trained or how knowledgeable somebody is, even your, your new people, they're coming into your culture, they're coming into your unique way of doing things. And in addition to that, if you don't have an ongoing rhythm of training experiences for your employees, you're not driving forward a learning culture. And if you're not driving forward a learning culture, your strategy is poor because we all want employee engagement, employee retention, but an ongoing rhythm of training that people like and enjoy and that brings unity to the company is so valuable to those other initiatives. Well, I mean, training is a huge area and a huge expense for organizations. Strategically, though, uh, you want to have your people be able to support your processes and be on board with where uh, the direction of, of that you're headed. How do you sort of marry the two there where you get training and strategy uh, linked up? Well, I think it blends departments at times. You know, the, the executives and leadership, um, you know, have a certain culture identified. They're trying to drive and grow forward and they also have you know, employment, employee engagement initiative, retention initiatives, and vision for the company, overall strategy for the company. And if at the ground level, your training initiatives don't line up with those strategies, then you're really going to fall flat and you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be like, why is our culture constantly you know, ebbing in the wrong direction and we have to fight and get it back a little bit more in the right direction? Or why... Why don't people love learning here? Or, or why are we losing people? Um, you know, see, today, the people are different. You know, people aren't just willing to commit, everybody knows this, to a job and stay there and retire. I mean, that's just, it's totally foreign, right? So now people are retained um, by a multitude of things, and it's far more than money. I mean, it's about the great culture, a great place to work, life satisfaction, freedom. Um, you know, I like my boss. I know what my boss is thinking about me, and it's good things. You know, it's, uh, it, it's so important. Uh, we take all those things into account. Yeah, I think the latest data from Gallup um, shows that only about 21% of employees are w would say that you know they're managed in a way that fully engages them and makes them do helps them do their best work. So there's uh, a lot of uh, companies that uh, haven't really um, uh, found the the key to uh, engaging their workers uh, productively. Uh, and of course, uh, as you would, as you would say, I guess training is going to be a big part of that. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Gallup, you know, uh, Barry Conchi is a friend of mine and he helped develop that when he worked at, at Gallup a long time ago, a study that, you know, where it shows, you know, most people are highly disengaged in their work and a lot of people use that study and it's, it, I think it's important because, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a tough thing, you know, in, in, People are changing too. I mean, it's like a YouTube world now. And so one of the big challenges as far as the digital side of training is we're giving people um, experiences that are inferior to what they're using in their everyday lives. And any company that does that is completely missing the boat. So we may have other things going like, you know, you might have good work hours, good leaders, uh, you know, a vision. You know, people like, understand who they report to and, and feel secure in their jobs. And there's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, you know, uh, they can see a path towards progress for themselves. All these things are important, right? But, but if you are asking them to continually learn and train and you're giving them, you know, training that only works on a computer and it's clunky and it's just videos talking at you, it's really the opposite of the very culture you're trying to create. And so what we need is alignment. 
What we need is to create a humanized experience wherever we're training people. So it's, if it's live and in person, that's the most humanized you can get. That's fantastic. You got somebody can, can see the, you know, nonverbals of the crowd and audience and shift gears on the fly and feel that human connection. The hardest place in the world to train somebody is um, in a digital format. Yet this is a multi-billion-dollar space, and every company's doing it because you have to. You can't just have man hours training everybody live on everything. That's cost too much. It's, it, it, it wastes time for people, the trainers especially. Uh, and so there's many things we need to get in a digital format. So then, how do you do that? And that's such an important question to answer. And I'm glad you asked the questions you did because, really, the the, the gap that exists a lot of people, a lot of times in the implementation side is. We have a vision for the culture, employee engagement, and retention of employees and, and creating a learning culture and all these things. And then that vision doesn't uh, transfer into, hey, let's make sure we have an experience that actually catalyzes those things. And instead, they're still putting them in traditional learning management systems that you know are antiquated and you know they, they, they're inconvenient and they have to log into and they get email notifications and all this stuff is antiquated in practice. Yeah. Well, you know, in the old days, um, there was a lot of middle management. Uh, and then as companies uh, went to a more flat structure, a lot of the middle managers are gone. And the role of the middle managers was often one of communication to their charges. Would you say that the role of a platform like yours is, is communication and training to kind of fill in those gaps where the middle managers are, are missing now? No, I love your experience, and I, I think that's a really valid point. And sometimes people probably aren't even thinking about that anymore today because it's been so long uh, with the fewer leaders leading more people, as you're saying, another way of saying what you're saying. Um, and so by getting rid of those middle managers. And so, yeah, I mean, we built something from the ground up that first was for the learner uh, to aid in communication and also training. And it really, you get a bit of friction. And where's friction that's causing the problem? It's friction in, in actually creating content and putting it together fast enough to stay relevant and, and create enough of it to drive a learning culture. And friction on the learner side where, you know, you actually have to create an experience that they're used to, that aligns with, you know, the positive disruption of Steve Jobs bringing a smartphone into the world. And what everybody has at their fingertips with YouTube and social media and everything and aligning with how what we're used to now with getting recognized for doing small pieces of, you know, contribution to something. And so if, if we're not doing that, we're missing out. I'll use one that everybody understands on this call, LinkedIn. LinkedIn fully gamified. Look at your profile. It'll tell you what percentage of your profile is filled out. And it'll even give you a name. I think I might be a rock star or something. Um, so because I'm like 99% filled out or something or 95% completed. Um, so, you know, the, 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 there's incredible value in uh, filling that void, as you would say, of less middle managers by creating experiences that help people learn and make progress and get recognized for it. And then, you know, creating easy ways to communicate and also breaking down silos. One of the most powerful ways to break down silos and drive a learning culture is to have learning always happening. And doing just-in-time training where you're dripping content out to people in a way they love receiving it that's micro and small and has completion. And they just get a little bit a few times a week over time. Now what you're doing is you're breaking down silos and there's gamification and a leaderboard and, and across departments can see each other on leaderboards. And it might 
feel conversation about these concepts too at the water cooler and those kinds of things. It also makes it so easy to do because we're not talking about big, long content that's hard to produce. We're talking about simple videos brought to life by good software that matches what people are used to today and, uh, and delivering right to them to, to their mobile device or computers if uh, the company would rather. You mentioned just-in-time training. I, I see some opportunities for, let's say, you have a um, oil well service company and uh, you have a little two-minute video on how to collect some data at the wellhead and you send some people out and maybe they haven't been out there before and then they're able to take that data, that read that meter out there and put it into their smartphone, um, answering the question on, you know, what's what how many gallons have been pumped or whatever since the last time it was read is that the kind of just-in-time training you're talking about or you have something else in mind well i love your use case right there that's uh that's really cool so the ability to not only train but have an easy way for people to input things that are out in the field whether the truck drivers or at a oil oil rig or salespeople or whatever it is you know, there's all this data we want, right? Um, and we expect it from them. One of the challenges in leadership is asking for things and then not actually expecting to get them or expecting to get them, but then doing nothing with the data. It really alienates your people. And so if you have an easy way to collect that data, an easy way for them to input it, that's huge. So that's a great example of just-in-time training. But I'm also talking about, um, you know, just proactive training. Let's use an example of like, why not make heroes out of your employees? The hardest thing sometimes is getting content together, right? So let's simplify this. One of the things that you can do with just-in-time training is you could have a, a DSLR camera, very inexpensive now, on a stand, three LED lights, and you could have one spot people come to, or you could even have somebody take that around and get best practices from your employees. Now take those three to five minutes from an employee sharing a best practice, doing the best part of their job in, with that aspect, and then you bring it to life with gamification and convey you or, or something like it. And um, and then you drip it out and you send like two best practices out a week to your employees. And you gamify with a leaderboard and give them points for participating and recognize people in front of meetings for doing well on the leaderboard. And, and now you have a mechanism that's easy to make heroes of your employees, share those best practices, gamify it, reward people, something to say in meetings that has to do with learning. Because here's the big challenge. Everybody wants a great culture. And a great culture is not created by events. It's not created by once in a while great speeches. It is created by the day in and day out driving of a few levers to that culture we want to create. And one of those levers has got to be a learning culture. Because learning stimulates the mind and it makes people feel positive about their jobs and more capable and able to make progress. And, it, and if they're doing well with learning, oftentimes their leaders are going to congratulate them and so forth. So it's a positive thing. And so you can't create a culture unless you have something ongoing. The traditional ways of creating training, you're never going to drive and create a great learning culture because it's too hard to produce the stuff. But if you have something simple, what I would call a learning engagement system, instead of a learning management system, like Conveyor, you can bring it to life, and then you're not breaking the rules that destroy learner trust. Learner trust is a fragile thing, and almost every company is breaking it constantly with these traditional methodologies, traditional LMS systems, and so forth. And uh, and there's some rules to that you got to follow to establish learner trust and keep it with your employees. Yeah. So you've created this uh, platform uh, out at conveyor.com. Tell us why you wanted to create a platform um, 
there are others out there, of course. Uh, it, you could argue it's, it's a crowded space, but I think you have uh, some particular uh, different vision with this one. Yeah, you know, it's, it's because, uh, let's face it, anybody listening, think of the last digital training you ever did, whether it's on lynda.com that Microsoft owns through LinkedIn, or it's internally, or wherever, the Skillshare or something like that. Frankly, it's boring. It's just flat out boring. And when you're busy in your life, and you think about coming back to it, even if the content was great, you're not going to come back to it. See, content is no longer king. What's king is really good content distributed in a way we love receiving it. The experience matters as much as the content matters if you're going to get people back into that training. And so you could say there's a lot of software out there that's helping people, but there's nothing that was built from the ground up for the learner first and then made to work for HR and leadership teams at the same time. And so here's some facets that you want to look for. Here's how to build learner trust, whether you use conveyor or something else. Here's things you've got to have, and this will be helpful. You've got to have uh, short content. It's got to be micro. Video's got to be five minutes or less, a lot of times less than five minutes. And and uh, and so I'm not talking about you know less training. Let's say you have deep training and you need to teach people. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you break it up into five-minute completions and five-minute micro lessons, you can still have lots of videos that, can, that go to really deep training, but you're going to get far more comprehension, implementation, and people coming back to it if, if it happens within five minutes. And so the other thing that has to be there is the content has to be good. We're straight into the point. The video doesn't need to be flashy, highly edited, or anything like that as long as the software makes up for it. So you can simplify the videos. Just somebody talking to the camera about really good concepts. Maybe some slides come over if you need to show something. The other thing that it needs to have is completion, right? I need to know that if I go in, it's going to complete and it's going to check me off for that. And when I come back, I can do another five minutes whenever I want, or I can sit and do a whole bunch of in sequence if I want. That's fine. The next thing it has to do is it has to be mobile friendly. It has to be beautiful on mobile and also work on everything else. Trust me, it's got to work great. It's got to have a just in time notification that's, you know, better than email, like a text message, for example. We're seeing unbelievable engagement formats or engagement reten and retention from delivering lessons with the text message notification. There has to be no login for the learner. So there needs to be a unique learner link that remembers their devices and remembers them. So it's secure still, but there's no login every time you give them that learner link and it puts them right into the next lesson. Um, and there's got to be, uh, lastly, there's got to be gamification. You, they have to get recognized for doing it, even if everybody gets the same amount of points or variable points, either way works. And there's got to be a leaderboard where they can see how they're doing compared to everybody else instantaneously, instant feedback. And if you put all those together and you accomplish all that within five to seven minutes in total for every lesson, you are going to establish learner trust with your employees and build it. So now when they think, hey, do I have time? Do I have 15 minutes right now to do a lesson? They're going to say no. Do I have five minutes right now? They're going to say yes. The other side to it is your leaders are never going to get behind the learning initiatives if it takes very much time because they're already strapped. They're trying to get projects done. They don't want somebody to go spend an hour or two doing something else when we have deadlines. But if you're only asking for, you know, five minutes, three times a week spread out and they can do it when they want during the week, you're talking about getting buy-in from the leaders that need to drive things forward. So it's a really, really big win. And those are some of the differentiators and uh, really falls under the category of micro-learning. Yeah. The thing I noticed about your platform is that it has a lot of additional features 
uh, like uh, being able to send emails and um, follow up with people and test them at the end. And uh, so it's a platform that has not only the capability of delivering the training, but all the other things that surround it and, and go together to create that user experience you were talking about. Yeah, I'm a big believer in communication. You know, I've been a, a paid speaker in the past and, you know, coach people and so forth. Communication is so important, ran organizations. So I have a lot of experience in that. My business partner, Stephen Ryan, as well. And so we really wanted to build something that had everything right there where you could you can you can put content together you can deploy content you can also communicate with people and so it has the side of you know everybody goes into groups you can segment your employees into many as many groups as you want and then you can attach groups to courses and you can automate that so it's automatically happening once someone has a certain title they're going to certain groups but the other side of groups is really amazing in the back end is that an admin is able now to text or email those groups too we're not trying to replace what someone's using it email but there's a real need for impromptu communication and we're not replacing slack either or something like it that you know companies are using there's a place for that but what about the personal touch you know today people care about that you treat them as a unique individual so now if they get a personal text message with their name in it from a leader in the company recognizing them or appreciating them or updating them on a product that you know to a sales team or something like that that goes a really long ways and, and now it's so easy to do you can literally hit text on a group a little box opens where you can say hi and then you can dynamically put first name in and any other dynamic information you want to put in from the database about them um, that automatically adjusts for each person and then you can type your message and you can send it and it'll send a unique text message to all say 500 people that are in that group from a real number you've already told them you're going to be texting from that you get in the system and the other thing that people can do is sometimes, especially on the oil uh, rig example you talked about, or salespeople or anything like that, sometimes you got to get real-time messaging out to people out in the field or geographically spread out. So you can also hold, as an admin, you can hold up your phone, shoot a video message, it'll automatically load as a link and attach that text message and send out too. Now I say, I talk about text messaging a lot. You can do everything with email too, all the same. And now instead of using SurveyMonkey or something else like that, one additional thing you can do is you can survey people. We've had a, a, a corporate client, you know, improve their practices uh, with a whole bunch of a fleet of drivers out there by, you know, sending a poll question out to them via text message. They hit a link and boom, a poll appears on their phone. They're able to answer it. And they found out there was a problem. They improved the process that massively created better efficiency by listening to them, getting it out real time. They've tried stuff like that in the past with email, but frankly, Drivers don't open email, among other kinds of people out there today. Yeah, I like that text uh, idea. Well, we're almost out of time. Um, what else could you leave us with to uh, get us out to your sites uh, or whatever to um, learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, thank you. Uh, conveyour.com, C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com, like convey your message, conveyour.com. And um, I'm happy to give you guys something uh, you can put in the show notes. There's a couple things that have been really huge value to executives, HR people, business owners, which is the micro learning webinar. Uh, it's not a sales proposition. It's complete value with examples of micro learning and a lot of these principles, but you can actually see it. And then also within that webinar is a free 19 page ebook called the micro learning blueprint, which actually has a blueprint for building a course and those kinds of things. And I think, 
that's a great resource. I'll give you a link to that to put in the show notes if, if that works well for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I'll put that in there. Well, it's been great, um, Isaac, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Love what you're doing, Charles. Great to be here. And that's it for our interview with Isaac. Uh, in the show notes, I've uh, put a link to the microlearning webinar that uh, Isaac mentioned. So thanks for joining us today. Join us again next time when we'll hear more stories about organizations and their performance. In the meantime, you can access all of our podcast episodes at our website, ageofoe.com. Uh, finally, let me mention that my book, Become Truly Great, Serve the Common Good Through Management by Positive Organizational Effectiveness, is available in four versions out on Amazon, the hardcover, softcover, the Kindle edition, and the audiobook edition uh, from Audible. So go out there, uh, take a look, and um, see what uh, we've been talking about uh, all these weeks on the podcast. So long for now.